are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Minichi. Hi, everyone. This is Aileen and Katie Minichi. All right. So Katie and I are back together for episode 59, which we are calling What's Working in the Music Room. So we're about halfway through the year now. So we thought it would be a great chance to get together and talk about what has changed for each of us and what is working. Obviously, there are a lot of challenges, but we thought it would be good to talk about what is working. So how are you, Katie? You know, every day is a challenge. But it's good. I'm good. You? Good. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, okay, so we waited to record this podcast episode because on (laughs) Thursday, both of us found out our schedule starting Tuesday (laughs) 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 or what our situation would look like. So we wanted to wait a little bit. And actually, as you're listening to this, it's probably February. We're recording this ahead of time, uh, January 16th today. So we found out on Thursday what's going to happen at the start of the second semester, which starts on Tuesday. So, yeah, we and then we had a work day on Friday. So we, we had a little bit of time to wrap our mind around what was happening for the following week. But for you, Katie, it's not changing too much, right? Correct. I am not seeing any change, which is, I think, the right way to go. So I'm pleased that we're not seeing any changes. We will continue at the least through February 11th in our hybrid learning model. So I'll see 50% of the kids each day. I would guess because we're in Ohio and we are not receiving the amount of vaccines that they hoped in the time frame that they hoped that February 11th will just hear that we're continuing in hybrid. Right. Yeah. We just talked before we started recording about how many times you've seen the students so far. So hear <laughs> that. So far this I am about to complete my eighth lesson this coming Tuesday. That blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So there are a majority of students that have only seen me eight times. About half of the building has only seen me eight times. Our third and fourth graders double that. So they'll be finishing their 16th lesson, which is a little bit more on track with what, you know, we're typically used to. Right. And then our kindergartners are a totally different schedule. So they're They're actually always designed to be at hybrid. So I've seen them numerous times beyond that because we were not able to have band this year. So I am picking up extra kindergarten. To be completely honest, I don't know what number they're on. Some of them I've seen five times in January and some I've seen twice. So I don't even know what to say about them. (laughs) Yeah. It's like its own different thing in our district. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so Katie is in person with students and I am virtual. I'm still teaching kindergarten through second grade. And then on Thursday, like I said, I found out what the rest of the year would look like. So we've been seeing them for typically four weeks at a time. So like I see them every day for those four weeks. That's so so interesting. Yeah. So like two of the lessons are typically synchronous, which means we're live on Microsoft Teams, and then three are asynchronous. So I'm really able to get to know them over that four weeks. So in the first semester, I saw everybody four weeks. And then in the second semester, we were thinking that it would be at least another four weeks. And we thought maybe we might see them more than that, just because of the way the numbers work out. And we did find out that we will see most classes six more weeks. There's one class that will be five weeks or one group of classes. So that's exciting that we actually get them for more time. That doesn't typically happen. Yeah. 
yeah, so we're excited to, you know, continue to teach them and get to know them and do something kind of special where I'll talk about that later, but what we're kind of planning with that extra two weeks. So great. Yeah. All right. So we talked about challenges this year. So obviously there are so many challenges for all of us. All of you listening have had so many challenges this year. It's just been crazy. Hmm. I think for me, because I've been virtual, just not being able to sing together, like they can sing, which is awesome. I'm so thankful for that. But I don't usually get to hear them sing together unless I say, okay, everyone, we're going to try with our microphones off. And then it's a hot mess. But then like, at least I can hear their voices. Yeah, hear them sing solos, but to sing together, it's just because of Wi Fi latency, it just doesn't sound like we're together. So I look forward to the day when I can actually hear children's voices singing together again, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I think also because of my specific duties of this virtual position, I have had to link so much. Like we're using Schoology as a platform and the amount of times that I click command K on my computer keyboard a day, <laughs> <laughs> I am just linking, 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 linking. And for those of you who use Schoology, yes, you can link classes together. You don't have to assign each class its own assignment and it goes to like eight classes at a time or whatever. But I am not doing that because each class is on their own schedule. So yes. Now Ashley is, Ashley is my coworker, my colleague who is also doing K to two music and she does have them linked together, but then there are challenges that she runs into. So it doesn't take her as long to populate her courses, but then she has other challenges because they are linked together and they're on a different mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say those are my two, like, it's just a lot of time in front of the computer, a lot of times linking and just not being able to hear kids sing together. What about you, Katie? You know, I'm also doing a lot of linking. Mm-hmm. I, but I actually think that's a positive. I'll talk about that later. I think decision fatigue is such a huge piece of it. And one of the biggest challenges is that it feels normal because I'm in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So once I start teaching, that's something I do. That's, that's part of who I am. And so I just go into a place where I can tap into that. It's year 17 for me. I know how to do this. Right. And then a student starts walking towards me and my brain just starts to fire, like get that kid away from me, (laughs) you know, because we, we start to feel comfortable and I'm constantly having to remind myself of every extra protocol that's in place. So we have a mutual friend, Renee. And she talks a lot about dialectics, changing out the word, but for and. And so I was just telling my assistant principal this week that I have to remind myself that I love my job and I know how to do this well. And I am exhausted in a way that I've never been. Yeah. It's, it's not a, but I'm not unhappy. Right. And I am exhausted. Right. So just those extra decisions that I'm having to like go through every day, like reminding myself, did I wipe everything down? Mm-hmm. Did I get to that? You know, and also, you know, this is the first time in my life that going to work directly limits my ability to see the people that I love. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's hard to put that and in the sentence. I love my job and it's keeping me from seeing my family. Or, you know, it's keeping me from going on a walk with my friends. Because in my house, my husband and daughter are virtual. My husband's always worked from home. So I am the issue. I'm the one leaving the home. So we would essentially be quarantined and would be able to build a bubble if it weren't for me going to work. 
Right. So that limitation because of going to work is a sacrifice I'm not used to. And it's a big challenge not to feel resentful of that, even though I love my job. Yes. And I think also, especially in 2020 or 2021, there is this feeling that we as teachers always have to take everything in stride and keep smiling and show how beautiful our classrooms are and all these wonderful things we're doing with our students. And there's not a whole lot of space for frustration and stress. Mm -hmm. So to, you know, allow yourself to feel like I love my job and and I'm stressed out. Mm -hmm. And stress is not always obvious. Mm -hmm. All of remembering to clean everything, remembering a schedule we're not used to, those are quiet stressors that eat away at your joy, right? Yeah. So I'm totally fine and I love where I'm at and I'm exhausted. (laughs) Understandably. Yeah. All right. So now that we've talked about challenges, let's talk about what is working. So Mm -hmm. I thought first we would start with just teaching in general, just, you know, when you're face to face or with me face to computer screen with kids. Mm -hmm. So there are some things that I've tried that have worked really well. I think the first thing is getting to know kids before and during the lesson. I think that I know in my Kodai training, I don't know if you would agree with this. I'm thinking you would, Katie, that Mm -hmm. there was so much focus on sing, 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 do, 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 teach, 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 you know, that sometimes the relationship building was kind of put aside. Not that anyone thought it wasn't important. That's not what I mean to say, but there was just so much focus on the teaching that I think I interpreted it to mean like, oh, well, we just really need to focus on that and not as much relationship building. But with the virtual teaching, that's kind of trained me to talk more to the kids because we have a few minutes at the start of the class where kids are getting on screen and, you know, just ask them like, hey, how's everyone doing? any, anyone have anything to share, you know, as mm-hmm. we're waiting for kids and they're so excited to share with me and with each other. And then I'll sometimes have kids stick around at the end of the lesson because they want to show their Christmas present or share their, because they're at home, which is that that's a really cool thing is that they can like yeah. look at my cat and they can show me their <laughs> And sometimes like I have kids whose cats are like laying on them as they're in music class. And I'm like, oh, I should say something. But that cat looks really comfortable. (laughs) Yeah, totally different dynamic than you would ever have when you're like in person. So that's just been really nice. I really next year when I'm back in person, whatever that looks like, I really want to do more of the getting to know kids before and during the lesson because they say that building relationships is important because then kids are, you know, that much more likely to be able to learn from you because they like you and they trust you and, you know, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that's worked well, I've been doing kind of like, I call them scavenger hunts, but really they're just looking for one item. So I have had students go and get like their favorite stuffed animal or like a prop for a movement activity. Like Ashley, my colleague and I changed bingo bungalow. Usually it's kind of like a standing long jump, like big fat biscuit, but we changed it to, we, this was Ashley's idea to throw the stuffed animal as far as you can into the air at the end of the song instead of, yeah. So I put a timer on my screen. They have a bunch of like really cool timers on YouTube. Like I want to say Mr. Timer has like, yeah, 
Yeah. So you can just find a timer, kid-friendly timer and share your screen, share the audio and they go ahead and find their stuffed animal. And then when the two minutes is up, I quit sharing my screen and I can see all of their stuffed animals. That part is super fun. And it's also kind of relationship building because you can see like, oh, so-and-so likes Pokemon or so-and-so yeah. must like Mandalorian because they have a baby Yoda or Star Wars or whatever. You know? <laughs> So that's been really fun. And like the other day I had them go and get like a scarf or it could be like a, like I happen to have a movement scarf from school. So if they had something like that, which I actually did have a student who had one or a winter scarf or a squishy ball or just something soft to move with. Mm -hmm. And then I can link to this in the show notes, Jennifer Bailey from Sing to Kids. She has a YouTube channel called Sing to Kids. And she also has a TPT store. She put together this awesome video for Aquarium from Carnival of the Animals, where it shows like an arrow on the screen like a moving arrow and so you take your scarf and you move to whatever direction the arrow is moving and then you follow the pathway of the fish or whatever Mm -hmm. as they're listening to aquarium and it is such a calming activity I actually set up my phone next to my computer so I could share my screen and I could see what they were doing which was really fun so that worked really well and just in general like I said adapting singing games for virtual so that we can still play singing games just virtually so you know, I've done that with Bingo Bongolo and with BB. We figured out a way to like do a B cursor on the screen. So we share our screen and point to each student to the beat. And then whoever we buzz at the end, they have to turn their video cameras off. Oh, that's so cute. But they can also see the little B on the screen hovering over their heads. <laughs> Something must have sounded like Alexa. A-L-E-X-A. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. So yeah, just like adapting singing games for virtual so that we can still play a game with it, but obviously it looks different. And I have a blog post about that as well that that I can link to in the show notes. And then the last thing that I'll mention is we had a virtual, we call it CDL, Committed Distance Learning, a sing-along for December, like winter holidays, like a winter holiday sing-along video that we put together. And some of them were just like slides with music. And some of them were, uh, I had two virtual little virtual choir performances in there for Jolly Red Nose and We Wish You a Merry Christmas where students contributed uh, videos on Flipgrid. And then I put it together with a combination of, oh, I used We Video for the first time, which was really Oh, I need to check that out. Yeah, it's a really cool program. So I had some virtual choir performances in there. And then one of our coworkers teaches strings to all the virtual students. So she put together a strings performance for I Have a Little Dreidel. And so we had like all these like varied performances for the sing-along and then it was shared as a link. Is that your dog? Oh, it's it's exciting in my house. (laughs) We've got Echo, we've got dogs. I can't wait for whatever is next. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So this thing along was really fun. So those are just a few things that have worked really well for teaching. What about you? Yeah, we also did a virtual version of the sing-along and it worked It worked pretty well. You know, it was a little strange because we did it while we were at school. So each of the classroom teachers received the link and then facilitated having the virtual sing-along in their classroom. So some of the kids did sing-along and some of them used it almost as like a soundtrack to their holiday parties. Yeah. Yeah. So we did something similar and it went really well. So we set it up almost like a thought web, the, the center of the Google slide that they received was the sing-along, which was about like, you know, 15, 17 minutes Mm -hmm. running time. And then around it, I linked 
different performances that students had done in class. So we had our strings group, which was led by the same teacher you mentioned. And then we also had like some classroom performances. So like fifth graders doing boom whackers to we wish you a Merry Christmas on musication, right? So um, so it was a similar kind of concept and it gave people the opportunity to do as much or as little as they had time for in the classroom. And some classes were super into it and sang every word. And because they were in their classroom, they were able to do that. And some classes, you know, just didn't have strong singers or didn't have the same engagement and they just used it as sort of like a background soundtrack. So that was fun and that worked well. I do think those sorts of videos are going well. I'm learning to edit in a way that I never thought I would. Yeah. Right. Um, But I was uh, thinking about what was working best for me. And one was that I've gone almost completely paperless because I don't want to use any shared materials. I don't want to keep track of which pencil has been quarantined. Mm -hmm. So I have my third, fourth, and fifth graders bring their Chromebooks with them to class. Mm -hmm. And I've taken some of your work that I love. We have quite a bit of your work, Eileen, in our common assessments folder as a music elementary team. And so I took some of like the write the rooms and moved them into a Pear Deck format. Mm -hmm. And it actually went really well. The kids, you know, said it was harder because, you know, they had to use their finger and there was some tech to overcome, but it was really fun. And, uh, you know, I, it's all in one place. I can't lose their work because it saves automatically and that's great. And some of them, you know, struggled with like getting the pencil fine enough so that they could make like the tick a tick. That's what third grade just did. And, you know, I really, you know, when I thought about it, I thought, well, as long as they've shown me how to copy a tick a tick, it doesn't matter to me if all four beats are represented, right? So just kind of changing my expectation because of the tech, but it's great not having any paper in the room. I've also really kind of changed the format of the structured 50 minutes that I have, that's just the way I structure it. So there's group instruction at the beginning of the lesson. And then I've really been trying as much as possible to offer some sort of student choice or almost like a lab experience Mm -hmm. with the second half of class. And I don't think I got to tell you about this, but I was contacted by our head of public relations, our PR person for the district, and they were putting together a series of videos to thank and recognize our school board members. And it will be released on January 28th. So maybe by the time this is out, we may be able to link it. But it was such a great opportunity for PBL. So, you know, they said, can you have some of your students perform and thank the school board members? And so I chose the third and fourth graders to focus on because I see them twice in a rotation rather than once. And we chose the song Kind and Generous by Natalie Merchant. And I edited everything and changed the pitch and audacity so that it was in the key of F because it's originally an E flat, which would not be helpful with classroom instruments. So we moved things around and and I was able to give the students lab time. We we listened to the song, the original track, and I said, based off of all the things you've done in music, whether it be this year or a previous year, what would you contribute to this song musically? And some of them said, well, I play keyboard. And some said, you know, we've been working on ukulele. Can you teach me the chords? And some of the students said, well, I wonder if I could match up something in Incredibox. Oh, wow. And I basically gave the kids the opportunity to just go. With 14 kids in the room, I had 
more than enough instruments. So it's really fun. I'll send you the link in Dropbox after we're done recording today. But and then I did have some students that I reached out to specifically. I picked. I didn't go through the process of auditioning and said, you know, I think that you would sing really well. I have a microphone that has a long enough cord. You can take off your mask and I can record you at a separate time when no one else is around. Got permission from the families. And so they sang the majority of the verse so that I didn't have to worry about social distancing and all that stuff. So, and I even had a student that I identified last year as gifted in dance. And I said, you know, I know you can probably come up with something. Will you choreograph something for the beginning of the piece? Uh And she did like the first 32 bars, she had this little piece. So yeah, I'm really excited. And they had an authentic audience. Like it was true PBL, right? Like they really know. And I had this little boy come up to me and you could just see there was so much going on in his brain. His eyes were just lit up and he said, Mrs. Minichi, we need to do this again. There are a lot more people to thank. And I, and I said, okay, buddy, well, what what are you thinking? And he said, well, before we do another video, I would really like to be part of your planning process. He's a third grader. Oh my God. And he said, he said, so can we find a time when just you and I can talk? And I said, are you requesting a meeting? And he said, yes, I would really <laughs> like for us to have a meeting scheduled. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And it, like, what a cool thing for yeah. for it to like engage him in that way. Yeah, that kid has a great future. <laughs> oh my gosh, this kid just made my heart so happy. So, you know, silver linings to the small groups, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I felt proud of the work we did, you know, I mean, it was, yeah. it was something different than we could have even done as a live performance. No way could we have put that together, you know? Right. So yeah, yeah. it's probably a whole other podcast episode, but like it's shifted my thinking about performances in the future. Like even if we're quote unquote back to normal, when we're quote unquote back to normal, how I might change my programs to include yes. more recordings, you know? And you and I were kind of moving in that direction already but it's yeah but I feel like I'm learning a lot yeah I think like once things are normal like you could think about like okay what is best for a live performance you know what would be best live and then what would be best recorded and kind of like meld those two things together is kind of what I'm thinking but I haven't completely wrapped my mind I totally agree yeah yeah that's all that's all really good stuff yeah it was fun yeah. And, um, okay. So a couple questions about what you said first, I just want to like, just so that you can kind of explain to the listeners, you are singing a little bit, right? So can a you- little bit, some of our team is not, and we, you and I co-chair together, which is a dream. And I mean, both of us have been very clear that that's not necessary, right? And our district has been very supportive that that's not necessary this year, but it's just my comfort level. I, right. you know, I feel, I feel like they're little lungs can't project air the way that my trained lungs can. Mm-hmm. So I tend to record myself singing, but I let the kids sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you for explaining that. And then yeah, uh, for the Chromebooks, when you have students bring their own Chromebooks, are they coming with Chromebooks in their hands or are they bringing their whole cart just out of curiosity? They're bringing them in their hands, which, you know, is tricky. Makes me nervous sometimes, but and are they just like putting them, I'm just logistic, thinking through logistics for anyone mm-hmm. else who's also thinking through logistics. Do they just put them on the counter once they get into the classroom? Well, because I'm using chairs this year to mark the social distancing, they can put yeah. them under their chairs. Yeah. I would definitely have to rethink that because I wouldn't usually use chairs as much as I am. Okay. Okay. That's a good question. Yeah. 
Thanks. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I also yeah. mentioned this whole notion that I'm sure a lot of you are feeling this way, especially if you have seen students not very much like Katie is explaining mm-hmm. this like feeling that like, oh my goodness, I'm so behind schedule. Oh my goodness, my first graders, I don't know if they're going to get to Ta and Titi this year. Oh my goodness, you know, my third graders haven't learned X, Y, or Z yet. Give yourself some grace. It's completely mm-hmm. like nobody is really on track right now because of everything. Even like in our situation with CDL, we are saying like I've seen kids for four weeks in a row, but it's not for 50 minutes. It's more like mm-hmm. 30, 35 minutes. And I'm still getting to less than I would if I were in person in a typical situation. Part of it is like when we put together a scope and sequence for this situation, we were asked by our district to put together a scope and sequence for our team, which we did. And it's a really helpful document. I'm glad that they asked us to do that. Me too. Paired it back from what would maybe be considered quote unquote typical because of the situation. And I am glad even in my situation where I'm seeing them more than you are, that we have that because it really allows us to like go deep with a concept Mm -hmm. and feeling like we have to get to X, Y, or Z. So, and I know like in the future, maybe you're like, oh, well, my third graders always know Ray at this point or whatever. What am I going to do in the future? Just, I think, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking of like next year is just going to look different regardless of what happens. It's going to look different. The following years are probably going to look different because of everything we've learned. So for sure. Yeah. But I, you know, I feel like there's a level of creativity that I'm getting to that I wouldn't have normally. Agreed. That I'm leaning on that and maybe and more reflection. Mm-hmm. So areas that I didn't typically get to, I'm getting more depth. Yeah, like that project that you just described with the Natalie Merchant song, like there was so much student ownership and agency in that. Yeah. And what they were able to put together. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we feel as music teachers, especially could I trained music teachers that, well, we have to get to this, this, or this by the end of whatever year. And then we miss those opportunities for students to create music more. So yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I always like to look on the bright side. So, and I'm hoping that even this piece, because I chose it because it had a lot of extractable elements in it. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping even if I can go revisit it later, there were steps and skips, right? The the melodic content was there. There was some easily extractable things. So as life starts to return back to something that feels somewhat normal, Mm -hmm. maybe I can include that in the repertoire and bring it back because they've already internalized it. Yeah. So I'm trying to look at it that way. I'm laying a lot of groundwork knowing that, especially melodically, we're, we're not going to have those concepts in place, but when life returns to normal or we learn a new normal, I can shorten the prep then and introduce those concepts maybe a little quicker than I would because I've laid so much groundwork now. I hope. Yes. And if not, they're all going to be okay. Yeah. And that's a whole other aside. Yes. Matt, Matt, our mutual friend and colleague, he and I just talked about that very thing that you just talked about shortening the prep because he was talking about his kids being behind and all of that. And I was like, you know what, Matt, like, you know, we were trained like, oh, you have to be preparing a concept for X amount of lessons or whatever, you know, this situation has just forced us to kind of adapt and change. And I am presenting a concept with a lot less preparation than I used to, because that's what I have to do, you know? Yeah. And then I'm just looking at it like, well, we'll just practice more you know, and it's just, I have presented concepts 
over Microsoft Teams. Yeah, but it's just different. It's just a completely different situation. So I think like we have to adapt and change and, and it's okay if you're not preparing for as long because things are just different. Everyone's in the same boat. So it's not, we can't think of it as behind. Yes, exactly. We are right where we are. Yep. There is no behind anymore. <laughs> That's right. Take that word out of your vocabulary. Yeah. Don't right. Yeah. Strike it. Strike, <laughs> strike it from the record. <laughs> yep. Are you giving kids what they need? Yes. Okay. You're good. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about what's working with technology and tools. So I, this year, done a little bit with Seesaw, which is a website and an app, but I'm doing more with it because our kindergarten team, the CDL virtual team is mm -hmm. using Seesaw, like across the board, they're using Seesaw. So I was excited when I found that out and started creating more activities within Seesaw. And then I reached out to the first and second grade teachers and asked them if they were using Seesaw because they also had access, but they weren't using it across the board. And I figured out like which classroom teachers were using it and which weren't so that I can either create a seesaw activity for this class or I'll do something very similar in Nearpod or whatever. So for those of you who aren't familiar with seesaw, it's a really cool tool that there's just so much that it can do. Like you can have students record their voices, they can write on the screen, they can record a video of themselves, they can drag and drop. I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting. They can type on the screen. Like there's really so much that they can do and it's all in one platform. That's great. Yeah. So like Pear Deck, which I'll talk about in a minute is a really cool tool, but like kids at this point can't record their voices and they can't record videos. Right. So it's really nice that just like everything is in one spot. So this week I did a don't let the pigeon drive the bus lesson. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a great book. It is a great book by Mo Willems, which I can link to if you're not familiar with it. It's, a, it's just a really, really fun book. And I, I know it more because my daughter Macy loves it. And I'd heard other music teachers talking about using it for so me where they would like every time the pigeon keeps asking to drive the bus and the answer keeps being no. And every time the word no is said in the book, you can have him sing it on so me like no, like throughout consistently throughout the book. So I put together this seesaw, which I can link to that as well. If you want to add it to your seesaw library. Cool. Um, so I put together this seesaw for don't let the pigeon drive the bus where like they listen to the book and they sing the no and then on the next slide they have to sing the no so they just click the microphone and they sing no and it takes them three seconds but boom like i have a solo singing grade you know yeah that's um, great and then on the next page they have to write so me starting on the second line and then on the next slide in the second space so look now we have a writing so me grade then on the next slide they have to choose some so me patterns and sync them so now i have a creating and a performing grade then on the next slide they have to identify which patterns i sang by circling them and now i have cool. a grade so it's like a bunch of different assessments it does take forever to grade <laughs> But yes. it's so cool that I have like four different assessments for just one assignment. So I was really excited about that. There's just so many possibilities with Seesaw. Um, That's and so cool. Yeah, yeah. And then Pear Deck, I've been continuing to use. I first started kind of using it more like an exit ticket, but I also figured out, I don't know if you've done this, Katie, I figured out how to use it for like an entire lesson by like embedding videos. Like you can embed YouTube videos and you can embed websites. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like you could actually deliver. So for that, don't let the pigeon drive the bus seesaw for the first grade classes that aren't using seesaw, I'm just delivering it in Pear Deck. Now I can't hear them sing because 
at this point, unless there is an update that came out that I'm not aware of, you can't have students record their own voices in Pear Deck, but I can still see a lot of the same things, which is great. That's great. Yeah. And then I'm continuing to use Nearpod for a lot of my lessons because it's just great because everything can be in one spot. You can embed a video, you put in a video, you can put in a website, you can put in videos of you teaching, you can have students write on the screen, you can put in a quiz, like it's, there's a lot there. And if you're not familiar with Nearpod, I have a blog post that I can link to about that as well. So yeah, those are my, it's, I'm a tech geek. So I get excited to learn new tools. And that's something that I'm definitely going to take away from this year and last year is exploring new tools and, and learning some new functionality with those tools. I love it. Yeah. What about you? I am really enjoying the interaction that I have with students with my Google slides that I've embedded into Schoology. So we didn't know what the year was going to look like. And I made the intentional choice of making sure that I was prepared if we went virtual. Mm -hmm. Now, at this point of the year, I don't think it's going to happen if we've made it this far. But it's been a really good habit for me to embed the same slides and materials that I project on my screen for class to be in their Schoology page. So when we go to lab time, for example, they open up my music course and see the exact same slides and embedded materials that I've been using to go through the lesson. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so that way, if I need them to do something independent or if I want them to have access to it, even just to enjoy it at home, everything they saw is exactly the same way in Schoology. And I just leave a little spot this year, to be honest, my lesson plan is more like a checklist because I'm seeing so many of the same group for 10 days at a time <laughs> that I've left a spot where if there's a spot where a student says, oh, I'd really like to be able to see that, I just mark that I need to embed that later into the Schoology course. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I can send messages to the kids that update that, right? Yeah. So this past week, the Mandalorian came up and I said, did you know that the soundtrack is heavily used recorders, right? Like the the use of recorder was was like across the board all over that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that's cool. And I said, I'll find you a video and I'll send it to you and embed it in your Schoology, right? So like in real time, sometimes I just go into the slide that I'm using and add things if I have it. Yeah. And then of course it populates right away into Schoology. So I'll say, okay, refresh, you know, or if a link isn't working, I'll fix it on the slide and say, okay, everybody refresh. It's there now, you know, in this way that kids didn't have access beyond the time they had me. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that's something that I will continue with my teaching. Now that I know how to do it, it takes me like one planning period to get the next rotation because I've got a system down, right? Right. I use a lot of the same things for my Bitmoji classroom. Like that's usually my agenda is like, it looks like I'm looking at the board and then the agenda's written there. And then any other slides that I would need are just linked within the presentation so that when they go to Schoology, it's all right there. And what's Um, really cool about that is that if a student is absent, they can still see what they did in music class. Yes. And you're bringing me to my next point, which is if I am absent, the class continues on. Mm-hmm. So this year I haven't really written subplans. I actually had vertigo at the beginning of November, mm-hmm. which was totally due to stress, right? I mean, it had to be. <laughs> I'm not stressed. And we had a building sub who is not a musician. 
And he was texting me throughout and he's like, Katie, we're making music. Like it's happening because I had embedded my own vocal audio. Oh, so, right. so he could click on my audio link and the kids just sang along with it and kept playing the games and oh kept doing the activities. So I didn't write a sub plan. He just followed my agenda. And I have, again, this is probably, a it was awesome other podcast episode but i've thought about that that like with tools like nearpod and pear deck like i think sub plans will look different in the future so what you're describing yeah. is like validating exactly what i was thinking that's and that i was actually able to rest i went home and i rested because i knew they were okay right where in the past i've I, that's just part of my anxiety i just have not allowed myself to truly rest if i felt sick right right because they were watching a video or they right. you know the, then they were going to be high be behind yeah. and you and i have talked about frankensteining right like yeah. there was yeah. there was very little frankensteining when i came back it was it was just beautiful and i really felt like i was able to take care of myself and the yeah. kids were okay. That's awesome. awesome. We should probably explain what Frankensteining means for those. Ah! <laughs> you mean not everyone says that? No, and I think I got that term from our friend Matt. From, from Matt, yeah. yeah. Frankensteining a lesson means like, let's say you have a sub for a class and they get one lesson behind. You take like two lessons and you put them together. Like you take the meat, <laughs> what I call the meat and the potatoes from one lesson with the meat and the potatoes from the other lesson. You try to meld them together so that the class isn't behind anymore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. No, that's exciting. Cause I, yeah. I and you know, I've also the, the last point I'd make is that now that students are so savvy with the platforms we're using. I had a student the other day say, well, I got a ukulele and you know, I know you, I know I have materials that you've shared, but can you try to find this song and figure out the chords for me? And then I just sent them a Schoology message personally yeah. and said like, here are the chords. Here's a little right. video of me. And that individualized learning, I don't think I was consistently getting to. So it was really cool. Right. Yeah. So I just, I like the communication piece too. And that's good for me to hear too, as well, that like the kids who are in person, at least in your situation, are are using Schoology a lot more than maybe they were before. Yes. Because then when I go back into the classroom next year, I could still be using Schoology and some of those other tools, you know, they'd be pretty, because in, in the past, sometimes like, especially with, you know, let's say second or third grade, especially second grade struggled with this. I didn't have first graders try because I was afraid of what that would look like, but you know, yes. like having them log into the portal, what we call the portal, having mm -hmm. them do that with their school email address in second grade, it can be challenging. Some kids know how to do it. Some kids don't even third grade, you have some kids struggling. So maybe with all of this, they'll be more comfortable. And I bet they will be because if they're hybrid, then when they're at home, they have to log into the portal, right? Yes. And I would say your K-1s are still getting paper packets to take home on those days, but your two through fives, they're asynchronous on their hybrid days, on their home days, and they're, they're kicking butt. They're doing great. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So as we look ahead to the rest of the year, let's just talk about what we're planning for the rest of the year. So I talked about these extra two weeks that we're getting with most of the classes. Mm. And Ashley and I talked about, well, it started off with, I had put together, I had created a lesson in Nearpod for Australia where, and, and I can, I'll link to that in the show notes too. So like those of you who have Nearpod, you can just click on it and add it to your library. But mm -hmm. just off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember, I think like Kookaburra was in there and 
Cuddly Koalas, which is like a song about Australia to the tune of Frere Jaca, and Aww. some didgeridoo listening. It was all just Australia themed and it was really fun. And, and then in the next lesson, we actually had them create their own lyrics to the tune of Cuddly Koalas. So they got to like pick some animals and like write out the lyrics. So she actually did that lesson before I did it. I haven't done it yet. I'll be doing that the week after next. So she already did it and she really liked it. So we were talking about what to do with these extra two weeks. And we talked about like, oh, it'd be cool to do something like the Australia lesson again, but with other countries. And so then I said to her, well, Katie and I have created this country of the month set. Yeah, Uh, Maybe we should do something with that. And, And I think maybe at some professional development, I must have, or maybe in one of our classes that we've done, Yes. Yeah. This time last year, we we were taking a course within our district because it just came up on my time hop. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think it ended like right before. Yeah. Because okay. we did like the sound story and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there, there were house plants involved, the shaking yes. of a house plant. Yeah. That came up in my time hop this morning. Yeah. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse haunted house that Katie Wardrobe put together. Like that. Yeah. Which again, I can link to that too. She's got a great blog blog post for it. So yeah, anyway. Oh, fun. It was an upper elementary class. It's coming back to me now. Yes. Together this passport where kids could like stamp their passport or write about their favorite things about each country. And Ashley was like, oh, we could do the passport. So we decided with these two weeks, I sent her the country of the month set and I'm going to take a look at it again too. But we're going to do like for the live lessons, we're just going to choose a country for each of the live lessons and like do songs from India or songs from Japan or whatever for the live lessons. But then for the asynchronous lessons, we're going to put together a musical choice board that has different cool. countries on it and they get to choose a country and it will be probably a country that we haven't talked about in the live lessons. So by the end of the two weeks, they'll have explored quite a few different countries and it might be like songs from the country and inst- world instruments from the country, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we're still putting that together, but we're excited. We should look back in the class notes because I think someone in that class actually made a hyperdoc version. I think it was me. <laughs> it probably was you. Now that you say that, you're right. I can I think you made that already. I did. You're, you are so productive that I have to remind you of things you've already created. <laughs> that has happened more than once. Tanya, I think it was Tanya from Music Teacher Coffee. Yeah. I think it was her. She like posted something on Instagram and like tagged me. And I was like, Tanya, I didn't create that. And she was like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I I was like, oh, I did. (laughs) So I'm not going to use her name, but our media specialist at my building, the other day she was saying, you know, the lesson was going really well. And I stood back for a minute and I thought, look at me. And we have been laughing all week. Every time I see her, I go, well, look at you. So it makes me think of that. Like, Aileen, you already made that. Look at you. That is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. It was so cute. She was like, I was just feeling proud. That's great. All right. What about you? What are you planning for the rest of the year? Well, one of our colleagues spent the summer putting together a really cool hip hop unit. Yeah. And uh, with my fourth and fifth graders, I think I'm going to take a deep dive and go for it. We're going to top rock. We're going to break dance. We're going to write our own raps. I'm so excited. So, and I think it'll be a really good way to keep the fifth graders engaged because more than ever, they're kind of checking out. They know they're only going to see me six more times. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that that'll be a really cool way to 
put a bow on their elementary experience because it's so outside the box and just really enjoy that. And I'll launch that in February, which is really nice alignment with Black History Month. So I'm excited about that. And I think with my third graders, I'm going to let them set up meetings with me. Maybe, Maybe create our own PBL, find their own authentic audience because I presented them with one this past time, but they were so excited that I, you know, maybe they can sing for their teachers or, you know, write a song or something. And then with my K2s, I'm going to try to really focus on that scope and sequence and, and try to get a little bit of melodic in because like I said, I just feel like I've not given them that time. So just playing around with with whatever we can wrap up because I'm already kind of wrapping up. Yeah. It'll just take me three months to do so. Right. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, do you want to talk about what we're consuming? All right. So just last night, Scott, Macy, and I all watched WandaVision. Have you heard of WandaVision? Tell me about it. Okay, it's on Disney Plus. Okay. And I just saw some previews and it looked intriguing. And Macy said she wanted to watch it and it's rated PG. So we're like, okay, it looks like you can watch it. So we've been doing movie night. This is only the second time we've done it. But last Friday, we did movie night and we watched Soul. Have you seen it? Yes, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. A lot. And then this time we decided to watch WandaVision. Um, So it's not exactly movie night. It was like TV show night, but um, we watched Mm -hmm. the first two episodes and it is really intriguing. Like it's kind of like a 50s sitcom, like I Dream Mm -hmm. of Me or Bewitched or something, but there's like a twist, like something is going awry and you don't quite know what it is. My sister-in-law, Megan, posted on Facebook afterwards something like, I don't know what I'm watching, but I'm entertained. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Like you don't quite know where is this going, which is so. Now, is it characters from the Marvel universe? No, it is based on a Marvel comic, I believe. Okay. I don't, I'm not like up on my Marvel comics or Marvel characters. So maybe there's, there really is just right now, just the two characters, Wanda and Vision, who are husband and wife. Got it. Yeah, like maybe something is going to be introduced soon. It is just like so different and unpredictable and you just don't know where it's going. So okay, it's, I mean, Macy watched it pretty well. Like she started kind of losing some attention, but, but it's like kid friendly from what I can tell. It's, you know, like I said, rated PG. So if it's something that, and she's eight, so it, it could be something that you could watch with your kids and it's just really intriguing. Cool. What about you? Well, I, I'm also consuming TV. Mm-hmm. I have an adult consumption and a kid-friendly consumption. So I just watched all of Bridgerton. (laughs) I don't know that I – what is that one about? It is historical fiction. Okay. It's about a prominent family in England and the debut of one of the daughters. And it's it's kind of like – a steamy Pride and Prejudice. Okay. So there are eight episodes and she is looking for her husband, right? And knows literally nothing about what that entails. And you watch her sort of awakening (laughs) In, in a very steamy way. But everyone is very attractive and fun to watch. The men in particular are just lovely and delightful. So I watched it alone because Tim was like, no, 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 thank you. 
and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So okay. that is my adult recommendation. My kids recommendation. Oh my gosh, Aileen, if you watch it, you're going to get hooked. It's called Julie and the Phantoms. Okay. Nina and I binged it together. Like we totally bonded over the show. It is the weirdest premise. Okay. And the songs are like legit good. It's the same guy who wrote the songs from like High School Musical. So it's like a, a real songwriter, right? But the premise is that this girl, Julie, is experiencing like stage fright. She's lost her mother. She loved to sing. She goes to this music school and now she can't perform. And as she is trying to like overcome this loss of passion for music, she starts singing and a band of ghosts appear. <laughs> They were a band in 1995 and die. Okay. And they used to play in her garage. So when she plays music in her garage, they appear and she can see them and hear them. Oh, interesting. Okay. Is so they become like her backing band. Okay. Is it a cartoon or is it? It is real life. It's real life. Okay. And they sound like a mid '90s band. Like it sounds like their songs are like Jimmy Eat World songs with a okay. pop singer. So they're really catchy. Uh -huh. The songs are great. They're all very uplifting and wholesome. And then she realizes that when they appear, other people can see them too. So she starts performing with this band. Okay. But they can only be seen and heard while she's singing, and then they disappear. So interesting. What platform? Really, really strange. Netflix. Netflix. Okay. I'll, and I'll just really fun. Yeah. Nina loves it. We sing. We have our Echo play the soundtrack all the time. Uh -huh. It's on in our house. So I think Macy might really like it. Okay. I'll check it out. And I, I know you will. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll let you know. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thanks for talking with me. Yeah, it was interesting to hear what's happening in person. And hopefully people who are listening were able to take away an idea or two. Yeah, I hope I hope everyone listening has someone to talk through things like we do. Yes, it's very helpful for sure. It is. And in the next episode, episode 60, I am going to talk about time management. So make sure to tune in for that. And if you haven't subscribed to The Music Room in iTunes or however you listen to podcasts, make sure you do that so that you hear the next episode that hits the airwaves. All right. Thanks again, Katie. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Bye. bye.